0: Human uh, intelligence takes a lot, of, lot less information to get trained, but AI systems need a lot of, you know, information to get trained. And also there are multiple layers of complexities. Even
1: after like this crazy amount of work, all we are trying to do is a miniature brain,
2: which can only take like very minimal things of what a human brain can do. I think the biggest shift probably will happen when customer service, I mean, we are already hearing some companies removing the customer service roles and all that stuff and in, and uh, implementing uh, the chatbots. What is
1: a language learning model? So all of these things, uh, the GPTs or Bards or all of these are primarily based on uh, language learning models. Welcome back, boys. And hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Everything Product. We talk about latest technologies and several product management concepts. We are at our 56th or 57th episode now, and we have done several artificial intelligence based podcasts. And after doing all of that, right, we keep getting several questions to say, hey, funny, I know you guys talk a lot, but there is still a lot of confusion in my mind on what is artificial intelligence? What is machine learning? What is generative AI, LLMs, etc. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to go back to the basics, take each of these and then talk in a very general terms of what these things are trying to achieve. Cool. Um, let's start with the very first one. What is artificial intelligence? siddhu do you want to take a step at that?
0: Yeah. Uh, so going by the book definition, artificial intelligence is uh, the simulation of human intelligence processes by machines, right? So, yeah, this is something that is a good to read about but you know people often don't understand what we're trying to do here right so maybe let's break it down into a very simple chunks to understand what ai is and how is that related to a human brain So let's assume that there's there was a psycho scientist or somebody who is like uh being tasked to replicate the human brain so uh, and let's think through his brain to try to understand what artificial intelligence is right so then what would i try to understand is like what is the purpose of the human brain right what does the human brain do uh, from the point where we are born so the human brain basically tries to understand its surroundings and then make connections and you know it gets to reasoning and tries to create a, a you know hypothesis of what the world is and how to react to it right so the more you do certain set of things the stronger the connections are the easier is it to understand for you and you know uh, for it to for you to do that task so imagine you're trying to learn a car right so what you're trying to do is the first day you are making very small connections but i think when you do that like over a time of 50 or 60th time you have already formed those connections and the connections are very deeper and it's easier for you to perform that task right you don't need to consider all the things uh, uh, you have done while doing it for the first time and it gets easier and easier as you do it so that's how uh, the human brain works right so if you want to replicate that in a machine how would you do that so let's take the architecture of the uh, brain right so what does brain have the brain has neurons It has around eighty-six billion neurons. So every time you do try to do a certain task, it forms connections and reasonings between these neurons, which are called synapses. And when you look right, there are like multiple eighty-six billion of them, and making connections into multiple different uh, neurons, right? So there could be trillions of connections that could happen. So that's how complex the uh, human brain is. But comparing, uh, you know, trying to replicate the whole thing with uh, into a machine is, you know at least not possible now so what we're trying to do is we are trying to create a similar st- structure where uh, ai has neural nets and each la- these neural nets have different layers and that's how it stores information inside and these also make connections as we run a lot of data to it so that's how i would uh, simply put it put at it right so the more reasoning and more understanding an ai system has the closer it gets to agi so that will also help us understand like the better it gets the better it's getting towards that agi which is like similar to human intelligence that's nice so if i if i take in a very general
1: lens right you're trying to put a human's brain and then make artificial intelligence out of that or like you're trying to create a human brain and then try to get artificial intelligence out of that and yeah, that's right. The but, funny but there's part is... also
0: fundamental differences between both of them, right? So when we look at human brain, that's like eighty-six billion neurons. But when we look at uh, AI system, that's maybe uh, tens of thousands or millions of them. So you look at the even even the uh, uh, the, the hardware, which is there, doesn't support what human uh, uh, intelligence is, and also human uh, the intelligence takes a lot of lot less information to get trained but AI systems need a lot of you know information to get trained and also there are multiple layers of complexities there right where as the uh, connection gets more and more complex there are layers to it so and also right your human brain Processor inf- information ac- across different modalities which could be visual speech, sensory inputs and all of that but AI is trained to just look at one use case which might be just language maybe text or audio or image so mixing all of this through multiple mod- modalities is very very complex, which the human uh, brain tends to do it very very simply um,
1: Probably another way to say it is even even after like this crazy amount of work, all we are trying to do is a miniature brain which can only take like very minimal things of what a human brain can do. But another thing is like, even though we have so much efficiency to take all of that, we can't take it. And that's what the uh, artificial intelligence systems can take. And that's good, right? Because we can take the miniation version of it and then use it for a certain use case. And that's what we are trying to do with the generative AI and things like that right now. Sina, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, first, I really liked your analogy when you compared the humans versus machines. I think uh, that really helps us understand the, I mean, the general definition of artificial intelligence. I mean, I try to keep it simple since you've already shared all the details. It's basically making machines think and respond like humans. It's basically understanding our questions and responding uh, accordingly to our questions based on uh, how the machines have been trained on various data sets
1: let's let's add on to that right so um let's let's go to the next terminology of machine learning so shenan how do you think that training happens for an artificial intelligence system
2: yeah machine learning uh, again is a branch of uh, artificial intelligence where humans are training uh, these machines uh, to respond like humans Uh, let's take an example of uh, amazon alexa or apple siri all the, the the engines behind this is all machine learning, where we are training TEXA based on the various data sets and all the data and respond to our questions. That's how I would keep it. Let's let's go a
1: little bit more deeper into that, right? I know machine learning is huge, and this that's the way we are training the machines to do simple things for us. So, for example, if you want to identify whether that is a cat or a dog, you can clearly tell you have seen... Several of them throughout your life. But a machine cannot understand that. So, uh, Sidhu, maybe let me ask you this, right? What are your thoughts about supervised learning versus unsupervised learning?
0: Yeah, so to put it into very layman terms, Pani, so uh, imagine that uh, I am doing supervised learning, right? Supervised learning, what I do is basically I tell it, I I give the uh, machine a task saying that we need to predict catch in pictures. Then I also give it basically how does a cat look like. So you're defining what the output should be. So it is basically trained in a way that it identifies cats, right? So that's giving us a capability of, you know, doing use cases that we know. But unsupervised is more like you are not giving it an output, but you are giving it massive amounts of data and it's basically creating these patterns and maybe one example for that is right when we look at chat gpt initially chat gpt was built for certain use cases but as uh, you know people were using it the makers were surprised to see it also developed language capabilities where you ask it in a different language it answers you in english right so you know uh, unsupervised learning will basically not help you not uh, uh, find uh, things that might not be that you're thinking of. So it might unleash, uh, you know, uh, unlimited possibilities as well. What, what I would say. One more simple
1: example to take, right? If you guys are using Google Photos, so every once in a while, Google Photos will come to you and say, hey, are these two pictures the same people? So that is unsupervised learning. So their algorithm is going through a group of pictures and trying to predict who this person is. Because in the past you told that this is Sidhu, but when it finds a new picture where it's half the picture or Sidhu is looking in different di- direction, blood pictures, etc. It predicts automatically saying that, hey, this could be the same person. Just for it to validate and learn, it's asking you that question. Now, once you give that, okay, that is Sidhu, you go back to that algorithm and say, okay, this is also Sidhu's picture. So let's continue uh, refining all the pictures and find more Sidhu's pictures
0: yeah so as as we are talking Garnt. through that right i i was getting like like let's maybe take take a real life example and see how it works right so let's maybe take facebook so facebook had um, uh, tagging before so that how tagging works is whenever you upload a picture it basically mm-hmm. suggests you the person's name right so let's let's assume that that's an ai right like how did that do maybe uh, the pe- the people who have created that have given the ai uh, task of identifying it, it gives you maybe 30 of your pictures and it also gives you uh, gives it 30 of uh, uh, group pictures which you are part of and it, you are basically uh, asking it to predict who you are in that group picture and if you uh, predict it the right way you'll basically maybe get uh, uh, a point and if you are if you don't predict it the right way you are punished mm. so that's how the AI trade so the more accurate it becomes the more better it gets so it's basically creating a game by itself the next thing is you are uh, the sec- maybe uh, unsupervised learning uh, example could be where you are giving AI tons of data and it actually forms its own connections and understanding of what it is. So maybe when you upload a picture, right, it describes what the background is, how the people are feeling, are they having fun, enjoying, and all of these emotions which might not be, uh, you know, done by a specific supervised uh, AI which we were talking about before.
2: So if I understand this correctly, can we say any Netflix recommendations or Facebook ads and all that are unsupervised?
1: I actually don't know because what Netflix recommends is a relevant information for you, right? But what it's basically doing is based on the movies that you have watched, based on your location, based on how other people who are similar to you are watching... It's giving you relevant yep. recommendations. I don't think it's unsupervised. It's probably more like uh, a prediction algorithm, which basically looks at certain inputs and then gives the next prediction.
0: Yeah. And and they say Got that it. unsupervised learning is closer to human intelligence or AGI rather than supervised. Supervised is very, you know, edge case oriented. So yeah. dude,
1: This made me think so. What, uh, a decade ago, Facebook was doing that recommendation of tagging. If you go to Instagram right now, and if I'm trying to tag people, it gives all kinds of crazy crappy recommendations.
2: <laughs> Same here. Yeah.
1: What do you guys think is generative AI? That's the problem let me start with you.
0: Yeah. So, generative AI is, I think, I'll... Uh, level upward from AI, right? A general definition of an AI. So generative AI is where you are helping it to understand uh, a language and then respond uh, or create something new where AI could be something that is already existing. But uh, generative AI is something which understands a, a certain set of data and creates a new set of data based on its understanding and the conversation with you. Yep.
1: Yeah, actually, maybe we should have started with this one, right? What is a language learning model? So all of these things, uh, the GPTs or BARTs or all of these are primarily based on uh, language learning models, which in my understanding is you give huge amount of uh, language data on how humans talk. It could be different languages. And it takes all of the data, consumes it, and then understands how that language works. And then it generates things on its own. Um, a very simple way to explain that is, in the past, if you think about it, Gmail, when you're, whenever you're typing, it used to predict what your next word is. And then it'll, with a click of it, you can just use that word instead of typing the entire thing. And that's how it started to say, hey, our models can predict what you're typing next. Now it's at a very generalized way where just give a very simple sentence it can write on its own and the sentence and the grammatical uh, grammatical meaning and everything would make complete sense to it shrinath what are your thoughts on that
2: just adding to both the, what you said i mean a simple example is like a chat gpt right so you just give a question and chat gpt has uh, data i believe uh, all data until 2021 so it whenever you give a question it basically looks into all the data and generate new data insights and even give more elaborative details based on the question you ask. So that's how I would keep it. I know we also have like other tools like uh, Cloud AI. We also have BART, which are all uh, very similar, uh, which are basically looking at the existing data and producing uh, new data based on the questions you ask.
1: Yep. Um, Let's go a little bit more deeper, right? Um... We have talked a lot about language learning models, like a model understanding the human language, interpreting it, and then predicting the predicting additional things out of that. So I'm I've been fascinated about Midjourney and how it does several things. Like if you just say, just say uh, Pope wearing a puffer jacket, that band that has become a huge sensation at that time, right? Pope wearing a puffer jacket, it could perfectly imagine that and give an image out of it. How do you think? Um, the generative AI is achieving that.
0: Yeah. So do you I, I think it's you? similar to what we have talked about before, right? It's trying to basically look at like all of this data and try to form connections uh, that makes sense for it, right? And that's how even our human brain evolves, right? From the age we are born, from the point we are born, our brain is trying to uh, sense the environment and with all the inputs we have, which is like sensory pictures or uh, that's visual or uh, uh, voice and all of that and make un- make understandings of what the world is and how, how things are in the world. And uh, even MidJourney is trying to basically maybe predict what you think is, uh, right, based on your prompt and then generate something that is similar to it. So it's basically you... Uh, telling maybe somebody like a graphic designer saying that I need a Pope wearing puffer jacket. And, you know, I'm assuming that prompt would be enough for a person to create it similar to the AI, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. so I'll put it this way. So instead of using languages, what the algorithm is basically using here is trillions and trillions of images that are available in the world. And it understands what a puffer jacket means. And if you clearly tell that, hey, it is a white puffer jacket, it is a gray puffer jacket, you can clearly understand what that could be. And then based on that, it can try to get a jacket, get one of Pope's images, try to imagine what a puffer jacket on a person would look like. And then try to replicate a thing based on what whatever it has learned. And... I don't know. Uh, what is that movie? I think Robo, right? In Raj- Rajnikan's movie. So, a bunch of things will come together to form like a, a robot. I imagine it this way. So, it's trying to get a bunch of pixels or a bunch of images together trying to formulate a similar thing based on the inputs that you
2: gave. Yeah, Sheena, In data think? world, uh, probably we can call it something similar to any semantic web or a data lineage and all that stuff. Where in this case MidJourney, it's basically uh, linking a lot of these images and inferring, and are producing that output based on the questions you ask. So yeah, it's very similar to um, that concept. What is so? Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, yeah, your question is like, what is this data lineage, linked data, and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. So in like to keep it simple, right? Like in a web, uh, in, um whenever you try to search for anything in Google, right? there's a lot of content out there, right? So in order for it uh, to respond to question, the question that you ask, I mean, you have to somehow connect one to other. If not, it's gonna give uh, bad results, right? It needs to exactly respond to your question. So the way the uh, web of uh, data is linked is with a subject, object, and predicate, right? So this, these are the two nodes and predicate is nothing but relationship so for instance i'll give an example right so Srinath has this book right so Srinath is a subject has is basically predicate and the book is the product management book and another stuff you can take like siddhu also has this book Here, book is common right so it's linking so like this the whole um, the the web i mean this so much data right you have to somehow follow standards for it to link better and so it can infer accordingly so all this artificial intelligence or machine learning and all that stuff are designed in a way that that link is properly done so it can accordingly produce uh, the correct output does it make sense yeah,
1: yeah.
2: so that you were saying something uh, okay
0: um, so uh what uh um... What benefit is natural language processing or generative IIS bringing to the table here? What are your thoughts?
1: I can start. Um, so going back to the, my original philosophy, right? There is things that you don't want to do or there is things that you can't do. And you want a machine to do all of those things instead of you so that it can save time for you or you can do better things uh, when a machine is continuing to do things. But in order for you to communicate whatever you want a machine to do, uh, you don't want to learn a machine's language. So for example, let's think of all the programming languages, right? Java, Python, etc. All of these are created so that a human can actually talk to a machine and tell it to do certain things. But over a period of time, what we are uh, transitioning to right now is we want to make our life simpler. So what we are transitioning to right now is instead of using a machine language, which is all of these programming languages, rather than that, can I just use my natural language that I use to talk to another human and tell that to a machine? So that's where we are getting it. Uh, That's how I see NLP2, where we are trying to um, help a machine understand the natural language that we use and make it process things so that it can do certain actions.
2: making it easier and more and more and more easier for anyone, right? Like anyone now can become a software developer, right? Like earlier, we'd probably need that foundational skills.
0: Yeah. And I I think um, I'm also in the same line right? I was also like just thinking through this. So I think in the last uh, 50 or 60 years, we have been trying to train machine to do certain tasks. And the biggest barrier for that was we were building a way to communicate with them in different forms and shape, right? That could be a language, a UI, or, you know, uh, maybe manual buttons where we ask the machine to do it because the biggest hurdle was us to translate what we are saying in a language that the machine understands, which there's, there was no way to do it now. But now the way we actually talk to machines is like a you know we are talking to some other person and you know getting it done so look at the level of efficiency we are introducing through this uh, natural language uh, uh, models right or generative ai models where we are making the conversation very easy so that we can get our task done in a very very efficient way previously if you if you wanted to maybe uh, multiply very too large numbers you had to learn a language then figure out figure out what the syntaxes are. Write a program to do it. Now you're basically typing, saying that, "Hey, what does ten power hundred into maybe nine hundred ninety nine thousand power ten? What is the number?" Right? There were calculators before. Just complicating it, but yeah, I think that's how uh, natural language uh, processors are helping us. That is true.
1: Actually, I want to ask one more question. Right? With all the things that is happening in the world. I'm sure all of, both of you are like very interested to see certain things. So at least let's take a shorter term of next three to five years, right? Where do you think uh, there will be major innovation um, by using AI or the generative AI that is available? Srinath, maybe let me start. I can.
2: Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just asking you. Um, So I think the first thing which comes to my mind is customer service, right? So until now, we had to call customer service to get our questions answered, troubleshoot and all that stuff. I think the biggest shift probably will happen when uh, customer service, I mean, we are already hearing some companies removing the uh, customer service roles and all that stuff and in, and uh, implementing uh, the chatbots, which can do very similar stuff, especially for all the basic questions, which is already trained to answer all the basic questions. So that's where I see a major probably innovation uh, happening. I know some uh, companies are already doing it. Like Twilio has a a customer contact uh, central tool uh, where basically they are trying to, um, I mean, using AI and sell it to customers so they can use instead of uh, hiring so many people, uh, which is a lot of manual overhead. And the second place where I see a lot of innovation also happening is healthcare. And predicting um, any like I'm um, I'm sure you guys have um, seen the Google conference where I think Sundar Pichai shared about uh, how uh, you can read um, and predict uh, and heart attacks or based on what's happening within your body and all that stuff. So I think that's a major uh, innovation. I think that's gonna uh, help a lot of people because those are some of the things which we can't predict. Um, so I'll say second healthcare. So these are my two topics. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah,
0: um, at least like I feel that like there will be a lot of incremental value that would be created through AI where all of the repetitive and, you know, uh, similar tasks would be automated, right? But at a very, very high level, right? Like what is a very, very, uh, you know, big impact in the base where we work? I feel that uh, people do a lot of search, right? Right. Uh, for search for information search for products and you know directional navigational complex searches and all of that so you know there is search in every product there is search in google there is search in amazon there is search in netflix there is search in every product. So I think the way we find information would completely change, drastically change. And we wouldn't use traditional ways of finding information, which is maybe typing keywords and also using some filters to find information. So the way we we ask uh, machines information and also get information would completely drastically change. So that's one thing which I would say. The second biggest thing which I would say is uh, I think there would be more and more people who are empowered to do certain set of things uh with AI, um which they were not empowered to. So, let's maybe take an example of a product manager, right? If I was a product manager, which I had access to an AGI which could do whatever I would ask it to do, right? It would be like very, very easy for me to build products, right? I'm, I'm the person who's doing the customer research, trying to understand the problems. Then I'll, I'll take the assistance of AI to build products. Maybe gathering feedback is also something which I'll do, but I'll give it feedback and I'll keep improving, and I'll launch products as as soon as possible, right? But in 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 nowadays, I I need a coding development team who does that for me and puts that into a solution form and make it usable for that, right? So I think it'll. I feel that AI will empower people, and there will be more and more single person businesses and products than before. So these two are the big things: search and uh, empowering individual people.
1: Yeah, I'm on similar lines too. Um, The first major thing that I would anticipate is software industry. So, uh, all all the language that we were talking about, right? Like Java, Python, etc., etc. A bunch of these things uh, needs to have a lot of formal knowledge in order for it to create products and. Uh, in order for you to create complex, solve complex problems, right? It's not very easy. Only limited people can do that. So with this, a lot of complex problems, especially in the software side of things, k- will be accelerated. Uh, that's the first thing that I would say. And the second one, definitely in terms of like documentation, creating uh, data, creating content uh, as such, would be like made extremely easy. But that's a problem as well. You will have extremely too much content in the in uh, in the in the industry that might be too much overwhelming for people to because there is a lot of system-generated content that is coming into the web as human-generated content because right now we can't distinguish which is human-generated versus system-generated. There is a lot of uh, content there. It could be a problem too, but there is a lot of uh, improvement that will happen there
2: yeah uh other stuff which probably I'll just add to one of the cons that you said, like if 10 people are- writing an assignment, if they're using chat g p t maybe their responses will be same or similar right if they submit that assignment. I think there's a lot of plagiarism also going on the problem
1: there is distinguishing um the distinguishing the intelligence of a human could be extremely difficult right now because think of it like this right let's say you're trying to hire a person. And in the past, based on what the human is thinking, there will be a lot of artifacts that is put in front of you. It could be a slide deck, it could be the resumes, it could be the case presentations, etc. But now, with generative AI in place, a lot of content would come to you as part of that presentation. But you don't know whether it was generated by that human or uh, whether it was generated by a system until you talk to that person in a very deeper way to understand that so that could be a huge problem that the industry will have to solve
0: yeah actually yep. i was also thinking through that right so i was like trying to see like what are the different scenarios right so i think in future like imagine somebody who's creating uh content on linkedin right so previously it was his understanding of how to cook, uh, you know, hook the people, how to write an engaging story, how to translate the content which he thinks about into a way that, you know, people understand it, right? But now it is more like the person has to prompt the AI in a way that uh, tells what the output he needs, right? Where he doesn't need skills in copywriting, he doesn't need skills maybe in that subject which he's writing about and also he doesn't need skills on how to... Uh, you know, grab the attention or hook the attention of the audience. It's it, he want. He knows what the output is, and he's basically uh, giving it to the AI, and it's building it to it. And also, that brings up a very important thing, right? So I've I've been hearing this argument a lot that I think the demand for prompt engineers will become more and more. So now every software team will have one prompt engineer as a position, and that person is basically helping. Uh, people build better prompts or in automating using some of the AI stuff. And maybe in each team in in the future, there will be uh, just people focused on AI automation. You never know. Yeah. True.
1: Awesome conversation, guys. Thank you for your time. And uh, for everyone who is watching, if you want to understand more terminology um, or if you want to understand different concepts within AI, Don't forget to comment. We'll be happy to talk through
0: those. Thank you. Thank you.